This, this, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertson and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Choose VA. Veterans get the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. And by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Shannon Gross and Brad Sham. And welcome, everybody. It's the Cowboys Hour, and it's Victory Monday. Yay! Let's go! Almost forgot because uh, yesterday was Victory we Sunday. Day, yeah, holy, day off. that was crazy. But here we are. It's Victory Monday, and uh, here we are in our regular stop on uh, Monday night. Uh, except not in the place that we want to be because uh, thanks to COVID, we are limited to uh, being virtual on this program for the rest of the season, much like the football team is in in most respects. So Shannon and I are here in the in the luxurious. Cowboys podcast studio, warm podcast studio. It's warm. It's it's uh, it's uh, magnificently appointed. It's very well lit. Uh, I can tell you that it's highly fumigated. Uh, we got plexiglass everywhere, and then in his own little safe space, we are just delighted to have one of my favorite men on this team. This year, defensive tackle Carlos Watkins and Big Los, am I happy to have you here. Thanks for being with us, man. Uh, I appreciate y'all guys having me, man. Now, we'll remind folks once again, uh, in this virtual format, uh, you will hear a slight delay because it takes a moment for the signal to go from us to Carlos and then from him back to us. So there'll be uh, maybe a little pause while we wait for everybody to hear everybody. And we uh, we are always delighted to have you wherever you are listening around the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And for those of you who are watching, whenever you are watching, streamed on DallasCowboys.com. Uh, Carlos can't see us, but we can all see him. So wave to everybody, Los. Wave to everybody so they can see you. There he is, Big Carlos. Big uh, Carlos. And and uh, one of the uh, is it twenty two? One of the twenty two touchdown scorers on the Dallas Cowboys this year. Just as just yeah. as I I think I remember hearing you say in uh, Oxnard. Uh, watch me now. I'm going to get one this year. Did I hear you say that? Did I do I remember that correctly? Uh, you probably you probably did. Honestly, you know I'm always talking. I'm. I manifest things, so you know that's just me. So you probably did hear. It. Oh, so is this we had Neville on here, Neville Gallimore, last week, and we were talking about um, uh, speaking things into into being. And so there you go. That's exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, okay, so here yeah. we are. Here we are going into the playoffs, and I was struck by something Mike McCarthy said today. It made me think of something we heard him say. On hard knocks, mm-hmm. which and Los, you may remember the team speech. He was very animated, which I guess he gets with you guys from time to time. Does not get that way with us. Uh, but I remember seeing the snippet yeah. on hard knocks where he said, "You know, we're not here to make the playoffs. We're not here to win a division championship." You remember the speech, right? He said, "We're going. We're going all. Yeah. We are here to win a championship." So today, he said at his at his uh, Monday press conference he said you know this is we're not surprised to be here now this is what we were planning for this is this is not a surprise to us mm-hmm. uh 
when it's been now you've been in the playoffs a couple times before with Houston, but in when mm-hmm. it, when it has been the emphasis from the very beginning, like it was with Coach McCarthy, does does it change the exhilaration of being in the playoffs any? Uh, nah. I mean, because what he said is the truth. I mean, long as from the start, we we knew what the goal was, you know. Um, but you know, you you, you do have your yeah your number one goal, and then you have other goals. You know, you follow through to get to that goal, and that's kind of how we took it. You know, um, the mindset of you know, uh, what's the one way to eat an elephant? You know, they say one bite at a time. And that's literally the only way we can, you know, that's literally the only way you can. So that's kind of the mindset, you know, we take, but we know what the goal is, though. You were one of the veterans who played uh, quite a few snaps Saturday night in Philadelphia. Uh, Tell everybody, because as you well know, there are a lot of people who said, well, don't play anybody. Don't risk anybody getting hurt. It looked like, as a team, you got a lot out of playing that game. What do you think, as a veteran, that you got as a group out of playing that game Saturday night? Um, I, I feel like it was a, it was, it's always things you can work on. And I know, like, one of the things as a D-line that uh, we challenged ourselves was, you know, to communicate, you know, and um, – and I think, you know, we, we probably didn't do it as well as we, we were capable of. But it's just little things like that that I feel like we can take into the playoffs, just challenging yourself, you know, in, in these type games, you know, to get yourself ready, you know, for the playoffs. But, you know, as a whole defense and as a whole team, you know, at, when we walk on that field, we, we, we step on the field to win. So the mindset and nothing like that changed. We just challenge ourselves. Um, just like communicate or execute better. You know, that was really just the main focus. Carlos, you got the rare Sunday off during the season, Um, although it seems like it's getting more and more common with the Cowboys. They're getting more than one Sunday off with the bye week and the two Thursday night games. And and Brad asked this question earlier in the season to one of the guys. I don't remember who it was. And it it is a fascinating question when you talk to pro athletes because some guys – when they're away from the facility and they're not playing, they just want to get as far away from football and the sport as possible and unplug and unwind. And then there's some guys that are just football nerds and they will sit there and watch college, high school, NFL. What? How did you spend your Sunday off? Did you relax and get away from football? <laughs> did you watch all the craziness that was the NFL yesterday and all the games? How did you spend yesterday? Oh uh, yeah, I'm that football narrated. I, I, like I can't get away from it. Like I, I love the game. Um, but I, I, I rested up until like twelve. You know, as soon as the first game came on, you know, I tuned in. I think uh, I was really wanting to watch the Jacksonville and the Coast game, but I couldn't get it on TV. So uh, I think it was the Panthers and the Bucks playing, and um, I can't. Uh, Thank you, who was playing before that. No, that was the who I was watching. That was the but first yeah, game. Man. Carlos, I got to teach you about the Sunday ticket, brother. I got to teach you about the Sunday ticket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, but he, doesn't, he doesn't get his money's it, worth. It's he only, wouldn't get it's to take only a certain point. 
like I'm not gonna get to take advantage of it. Like you said, you know, I'm I'm always playing on Sunday, so it's not like I get to, you know, watch it. Well so I, I never really like seen it as a big issue again it, but well, let me just but, say, uh, first of all... I should definitely look into that. Uh, first of all, I, I love, and I'm not surprised, I love my defensive linemen wanting to be deep into the football. I, that Those guys usually are. And, uh, you know, when you're playing, I'm broadcasting. So I spent whatever it was, you know, $150 or whatever it was, on a Sunday ticket. And mm. Babe Laufenberg, who does the games with me, uh, texted me during the... L.A.-San Francisco game yesterday. He said, are you watching Rams and the 49ers? And I took a picture because I had that up on my TV and then on my iPad I had my Sunday ticket and I was watching the Cardinals and the Seahawks. So I sent him a picture. I'm watching both of these things. <laughs> See that's, And right then, Los, that whatever 150 or 200, whatever that was, it was worth it right in that moment. Not to have to miss it. Worth it, right. You're right. Um, You're right. So, did you then watch the um, did you then watch the LA San Francisco game after that? Yeah, yeah, I pretty much tuned in to all the games. I really wasn't doing nothing but watching the games. Um, seeing that game, that was a great game to watch. Um, then I followed up with the the Raiders and the Chargers, and I was really hoping it ended in a tie. You know, that was kind of why I was wanting to watch the, the Jacksonville and the Colts. So I can so I can watch this game and see how it was gonna play out. Why did you want it to end in a tie? I don't really I don't know, man. I just thought it was just one of them weird things, and I was like, and it actually came down to a point to where uh, it could have it should have ended in a tie, honestly. But uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I was talking to my cousin earlier that day, and uh, he kind of said he was like, they're gonna make it. they're going to play, but they're going to make it uh, in in the tie, though. And, I, and it almost did, though. So that was that was crazy to see. But it was just one of those things I just wanted to see happen. I mean, it was crazy. It was – it was, it, and you're right, yeah. Shannon. It was one of the most bizarre days to have the whole season come down to literally the last play in the season to decide the last team uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and, but one of the reasons I asked you, Carlos, if you watched the L.A. San Francisco game was – you know all of the um, people they run the they run the computer projections and so it was like seventy four percent chance that Dallas was going to play Arizona again, which is why I had mm-hmm. the Arizona Seattle game on my iPad. And uh, then what do you know? That sports defies the projections sometimes. But you're a little familiar with that, aren't you? It does. Oh yeah, definitely. Been on that for a while. Did you have a preference? I think I know the answer to this, but did you have a preference of who you wanted to play in this first round? Did you want to get a little revenge against Arizona, or did you, you know, is there anybody that you wanted to line up against this coming weekend for one reason or another? Uh, no, nah, it really didn't matter. You know, I would like to get back at Arizona. You know, uh, let they left a bad taste in their mouth, but you know, it really didn't matter. You know. It didn't matter who we play. So whoever lined up in front of us, you know, that our, our goal is to win. So it don't matter. One of the early narratives, and Dan Quinn addressed this today when he met with reporters, one of the early narratives for this game is how well San Francisco runs the ball and can the Dallas run defense stand up to that. And uh, 
Dan Quinn today, Carlos, he mentioned you and he mentioned a few other guys. He said, these guys, our guys, Neville and Carlos and Osa and the, these guys on the interior, now they're going to have to be, they're going to have to stand up to this and they're going to be an integral part of stopping the running game. Do you have any early thoughts about all that? I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's, I mean, it's truthfully our job every week. So, like, you got to go in there with the mindset, you know, games, you know, work, you know, they play out differently than what you, you know, you game plan for sometimes. But that's, that's our mindset anyway, you know, to stop the run. And you got guys on the back end that's going to get the ball back for the offense, you know. So that's kind of how I look at it. It's, it's my job and it's an honor and, uh, and a privilege, you know, to be challenged with this. So, you know, if I, if I, if I do my job, we win. Uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, I think we're just starting to get a little taste of why Carlos Watkins is one of my favorite favorite guys on this team. Uh, great personality, great leader in his own way, and uh, a part of a really integral part of what this defense has done to launch the Cowboys into the playoffs. And um, we will also have. I need to warn you, Los, the one of the one of the most interesting parts of any program is when Shannon Gross takes a deep dive into the Wikipedia page of our guests to see how much of it is accurate. And that's coming up for you. <laughs> so just steal yourself against that because we're going to take our first break. <laughs> and um, All right. just, just so you know. And we want you to know that when it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back.
Light Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back. It's the Cowboys Hour, the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, brought to you in part by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. I'm Brad Sham, along with Shannon Gross and our very special guest, Cowboys defensive tackle Carlos Watkins, big part of the defense that has catapulted the Cowboys into this playoff run. And you are part of a group of guys. I, I have asked a number of uh, your teammates this, but... Um, I, I really respect your opinion, and you've been you've been around as a veteran. I think Jaron was the first one we talked to about this. There were eight of you, veteran free agents, who signed and made the team at at the beginning of the year. Eight who had been with different teams, with all the other rookies and everything else, and then the the returning veterans. But for eight of you, and then Brent Urban got hurt, so he's about the only one of the eight who has not been a fixture either as a starter or as a key rotation piece. And as a veteran, I'm really interested, Carlos, in your thoughts about how it is that this uh, defense became so close and gelled so much with so many guys coming from different professional cultures and environments to mix in with the rookies and the returning veterans. How'd that happen? Well, I, one, I think uh, DQ um, and uh, the coaches and the staff did a great job, you know, doing their research and finding the right players. Uh, but most importantly, I felt like, you know, as I got there, guys, you know, they embraced me. I mean, it was you know, a lot of uh, a lot of new faces with the rookies, and, uh, plus the free agents anyway. Um, but far as you know, me being a D lineman, the guys that were already there, you know, they embraced me. Um, but uh, I felt like we knew uh, as time was going, like in OTAs and everything, we seen how talented we were as a as a as a group, as a defense. You know, especially like. Um, and I and I think like you know seeing that and they seeing us like it it kind of made everybody pick up their level of play you know and I, and I think that was like a big part you know and like why we're so good because we're 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 talented and and everybody has to compete like you're not getting on the field just because you just got on you you really got to go out there and compete and another major factor was uh. You know, the brotherhood, we, we became so close, you know, um, a lot of dinners, just, just really hanging out in the locker room, talking a lot. And um, it, it feels like a real brotherhood in the locker room. And I, and I feel like that plays a major piece. So you talk about you, you looked, and a number of you have said this, almost everyone, that you saw in OTAs that, that you were talented. Now, we're talking about a team that uh, defensively last year was just flat not good. Obviously, Coach Quinn and the other new coaches who came in had a lot to do with the change. But when you're in OTAs, you're only in shorts. It's not like you're hitting. You, there's only so much you can simulate plays. And you're in meetings. You guys see things we never see. What did you know then? That's really early, it seems to me, to look around and say, oh, look, we're we're good. Nobody knows it, but we're good. And you have you can't do anything that resembles what real football is at that stage. What was it? What was the tip off? 
Um, and, and that's like one of the main reasons because like, you know, football is a physical sport and, you know, OTAs, you know, you kind of die down on the, the physicality and everything. Um, so you really get to see a lot of athleticism, you know, especially up front as a D line. Like, you know, if you're able to win a pass rush and OTAs when you really can't bull rush, then you, you know, you know, guys, you know, have some special about them. Um, and then, you know, coaches challenging us to fly around and you get to, you you just get to see everything, you know, like you might not get to get to see the physical part, but just know like by seeing the athleticism and the plays they were making then, um, it just, it really kind of gave us a heads up on like the, in the direction we were heading, like far as a group and talent. And here's the other thing I wanted to ask you. And I asked coach McCarthy this today, um, You've got a bunch of rookies. Now they're not rookies anymore cuz they've they've played 16, 17 games, but they're they've never done this. You've been on two teams that made the playoffs in Houston. Um and if one of these rookies comes up to you or even not even a rookie, second year guy like if if Neville or Osa, one of those guys comes up to you and says Bohanna and says, "Los, this is everybody says the playoffs is so much more intense." Tell me what's different. Tell me what I am fixing to experience that I have never experienced before. What's going to be different? What do you say to them if they ask you that? Uh, like, that's something, like, uh, in the D-line room. But, you know, I, I would tell the guys, like, you know, you know, before we even got to the playoffs, I said we need to go ahead and start to instill a mindset of, like, you know, win and go home. Because that's really the only difference like I well I could say like in the playoff teams do get there I mean they're in the playoff for a reason they're a good team but like you gotta have the mindset we try to instill it early on before we got to the playoffs is is when to go home that's the really main difference but like over the season if you kind of have that mindset and instill it and you know into yourself you know early and then nothing really changes because like you know, the the game plan is to always win. And that's a uh, – so whatever – like I say, whatever you feel like you need to do to to get better this week or you need to challenge yourself to uh, to help you, you know, improve this week or anything. But um, I don't I don't really think the mindset should really change. It's just But just knowing the, the fact that, you know, it's win or go home. But I don't want to add any more pressure on them. But um, but it's the truth. So it's, that's the only thing that really changes. Nothing should really change as far as the the work and uh, the process throughout the week for the for the game. Um, but so I tell them nothing nothing really changes. It's just it's just a it's just a game. You just got to be on point. That you know, Shannon. That is so interesting because one of the things that Dan Quinn said today. That's Carlos, you obviously been listening to DQ. He said in playoff football, in playoff football, if you want to play good defense, he said you and he said he's told this to Micah, but also everybody else. So you don't need to put a cape on. You just need to do your job mm-hmm. and don't chase plays, but when the play comes to you, then you better be ready to make it. You better be right there to make it. And that what you're saying, Carlos, is that's been the that's been what they've preached to you all year long, right? Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, that's that's been the mindset. I mean, that's why I say nothing really has to change. Like, you, I mean, 
the level of focus, if you can if you can raise it, you should. But uh, it should be like that every week. So that's why that's why we just need to do our job. Just take it as that. All right. Well, now it's it's we have reached that point. We have reached that point in the program, Carlos, where America is going to really get to know you because this is the Miller Lite moment of the show. Mm-hmm. By the way, here's another reason, Carlos. I'm sorry that we are doing this virtually instead of with our live audience, because when we were able to do it with our live audience, since this is the Miller Lite moment, Shannon would have a cold Miller Lite right by his side. Mm -hmm. And every time something inaccurate popped up from your Wikipedia page, Shannon would take a pull on that cold Miller Lite. Mm -hmm. And and right now, all we've got for him is it looks like a Strawberry soda, so it's not quite the same, but it's the Miller Lite moment. It's the Miller Lite moment. It is, Carlos. Welcome to the show, the second segment of the show, and this is where I go down your Wikipedia page, and you tell me whether it is correct or incorrect, and usually I have a good buzz by the end of this uh, segment, but I'll just drink this strawberry soda, and then we'll... We'll be fine. So you tell me if this is true or not true as we go down the list, all right? All right. All right. Carlos Watkins was born December 5th, 1993. You're an American football defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys of the NFL, and you played college football at Clemson. How are we doing so far? Oh, yeah, 100% right now. That's true. Okay, good deal. And I, if any of this is inaccurate, it's not my fault. This is, if you don't know, you can update this on your own. So if any of it's wrong, I used to say I would go in and update it, but I don't do that. So you can go change it if you want to. So it says you attended Chase High School in Forest City, North Carolina. And as a junior, you tallied 50 tackles, 29 for a loss, and 14 sacks. I mean, I couldn't tell you the stats, you know, that, that, that might be a little more than what I have, but uh, that sounds about right, though, for our sacks, though. Okay. And then, TFLs, I don't know. Okay, well, that's understandable. It's been a little while since you were in high now, school. Now, just so. for the record, we would let you take a sip of a Miller Lite right now. Right. Just on general purposes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> might even have a couple of sips there, yes. Brad. Okay, good. Uh, the strawberry fan at one time. I got you. All right. I, here, here we go. Mm. <laughs> got you, Carlos. All right. says, as a senior, you made 15 sacks and one interception and five forced fumbles. So this interception thing goes way back with you, man. This isn't just some fluke that happened against the, the Saints. This is like high school, right? Yeah. yeah. It started in high school. I can remember playing like it was yesterday. Really, Carlos with the hands. I tell you, I tell you what, AB is my guy. But you need to get AB out there on the jugs machine with you because he he needs to learn how to catch those balls that hit him right in the hands. That's my dude, though. It's in my DNA. It's in my DNA. <laughs> Shout out to my pops. Shout out to my pops. It says you played in the Shrine Bowl and the U.S. Army All American Bowl. You also lettered in basketball, averaging over. You averaged a double-double, it says, over 21 points and 10 rebounds per game as a junior. Yeah, I, basketball was my first love, honestly. 
Um, so I, I love playing basketball. You know what? After this segment, later in the show, I want to ask you who your starting five would be on the current Cowboys. We asked that to uh, Malik Hooker on our on our daily <laughs> podcast, and he gave me his starting five. So I want to know yours. Says you uh, you accepted okay. a football scholarship from Clemson University. Yes, sir. Who who else offered you? Do you have any other offers? Uh, Bama, Florida, um, Notre Dame. Um, I mean, it was it was a good bit of people who offered me a lot of people in the ACC, couple ACC schools like Georgia. I can't really think of all of them, but uh, it was it was quite a few schools that uh, I gave me a scholarship. Yeah, some pretty uh pretty uh, decent schools there that you got offers from says uh, as a sophomore in 2013 you played in three games with one start before being involved in a car crash which caused blood clots in both of your legs that ended your season mm-hmm. yeah uh, that had kind of set me back a little bit uh, but uh, it's a part of the, it's a part of the journey in the story though I feel like I wouldn't be here today if I didn't go through that yeah I never knew that that that's Interesting. Uh, as a junior in 2015, you had – here we go again. It gives up some other stats, but here's the interesting one. You had an interception, which you returned for a touchdown. You were named first team All-ACC, and in a critical game against the University of Notre Dame, you made a game-winning tackle on a last-second two-point conversion attempt. Yep. That was that was one of the craziest games of my college career right there. Yep. Uh, and then a few more things on January the 9th, 2017. You were a part of the Clemson team that defeated Alabama in the 2017 College Football Playoff National Championships. Yes, sir. Holding up the number one for those of y'all Yee, just listening. Clemson, Tigers. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see. Yeah. It says you were selected by the Houston Texans in the fourth round, 142nd overall of the 2017 NFL Draft. The Texans acquired the pick by trading Brock Osweiler to the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Okay. That's true. And then two more things here. On March 22nd, 2021, you signed with the Dallas Cowboys to play as a defensive tackle in a 4-3 defense. And in 2021 also – you won the Destin uh, Fishing Rodeo by hauling in a 329-pound bull shark on the second day of the tournament. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't. I, it sounds good, but I can't, I can't take that. All right. I made that last. I la- can't take that one. I made the last one up just so I could have a drink <laughs> of my Miller Lite. So, Carlos, thank you for playing along with us. That's been our Miller Lite moment of the show. But there is nothing fake about the – Blue Marlin hanging on the wall behind Carlos, and we'll talk about that when we come back on the Cowboys Hour with Carlos Watkins. And at the Omni Frisco Hotel, you can kick off your stay at the official hotel, the Dallas Cowboys, with style. Stay where Carlos stays on most Saturday nights of home games. Cool off in the elevated pool, savor upscale comfort food at neighborhood services, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer. Visit OmniHotels.com slash Frisco to learn more and turn the next home game into a weekend getaway. We'll be right back with Carlos Watkins on the Cowboys Hour.
Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham, Shannon Gross, our very special guest, Cowboys defensive tackle Carlos Watkins on Victory Monday. Yes! Monday. Yay! Let's go! And and uh, we we mentioned um, after Shannon snuck that Miller Lite note in uh, in the Wikipedia probe of Carlos uh, about the catching the big bull shark. Mm-hmm. We mentioned for those of you who are not streaming right now on uh, DallasCowboys.com, there is a gigantic 99 incher. At a, what was it? 140 pounds, mm-hmm. Lowe's? Yeah, like yeah, 140, 150 pounds. Oh, gained ten pounds just <laughs> just in the last half hour. That fish done gained ten pounds. Uh, oh, no, that's hey. It, it wasn't. It wasn't accurate. It wasn't accurate. I didn't get to get it on the scale. I didn't get to get it on the scale. Where did you catch that at? It was in Cabo. I went out. Uh, me and my girlfriend I took a trip to Cabo, and um, she surprised me with the deep sea fishing out there. Um, and that's that's what I came out with. That's pretty awesome because uh, marlin are not the easiest fish to come across and 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 land. So for that to be a surprise fishing trip, and then you to actually catch one, that's pretty freaking awesome. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it, I, I love fishing too, so it was it was a great experience. How, how what how would you compare landing a uh, 150 pound marlin? Or if, or it might have been 180 pounds now. I'm not into, but how would you how would you compare landing that 12 foot 200 pound marlin that's up there on the wall behind you, uh, and and trying to pass rush against Zach Martin? Ooh, uh, I, I believe the marlin gave me an easier fight though. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for real like um i was hearing stories uh one guy before me had went out there it he was like fighting to get him in for like two hours it took me like 20 minutes the real the real man um yeah zach he's he's one of a kind dog um that's not an easy task at all that's not an easy task you know i was i was talking to um, Nate Newton, the great Nate Newton, that you know won three Super Bowls with the Cowboys, six-time Pro Who, Bowler. By the way, just got elected yes. to the uh, Black College Football Hall of Fame. He did last week from Florida A&M. Um, yep. Proud of big uh, news. Proud of big news. And uh, yeah, congrats. We congrats. were we were talking about you know he loves Zach. He calls him the president. Um, and we were talking about what makes him such a great offensive lineman and he was just he was just saying once he once he sits like you you can't you can't move him and what what going against Zach what 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 does he do different that makes him such so hard to to play against oh uh, I, I think it's just really uh everything like it's not it's like you know a lot of players have a weakness. And and like he's one of, he's one of the rare guys that just doesn't have a weakness. I feel like, um, and part of that comes from just how he practices. You know, you know um, like every rep, even like we we might not be in pads. You know, uh, this is a walkthrough, but he's taking every step like a game rep, and I and I really see it like you know day in and day out, and um, that's what I feel like makes him special though. Uh, the works he put in. Um, and you can see, 
you can see like he's one of a kind. You don't you you're not gonna see a you don't see too many like him. Just say that. So um, some of the things that you uh, were talking to Shannon about in his dive into your Wikipedia page uh, led me to a couple of other questions. One is uh, you talked about basketball being your first love. Those were some pretty good statistics that Shannon mm-hmm. had down there. Did you at any point prefer to pursue basketball instead of football, or when did you decide this was your sport? <laughs> Uh, when I stopped growing, that was kind of the deciding factor. You know, um, if I could have got up to like six, eight, I think I could have been uh, in the NBA right now, honestly. You know, but that's just that's just me. Uh, but uh, yeah, once you know, once I stopped growing and, and really see, and plus I didn't really have no like big offers in basketball, like maybe if like a top ACC school or something like that offering me, I might have went. But, yeah, I, I, didn't have the, I didn't have the right offers to, to not go football. You know, we're very similar when it comes to the giving up the basketball dream when, we, when, when you stop growing because I did the same thing. That's why I quit uh, pursuing basketball in, like, fifth grade. Is that why you're not in the NBA? That's, yeah, because I'm 5'9". <laughs> You do. You have you and Carlos have a lot in common. Very true. Uh, Los, he asked you. Shannon asked. Don't hurt yourself laughing at Shannon now. Hold on. Uh, Shannon did ask you a question though before that I that really intrigued me. The mm-hmm. your the top five, the one you asked. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hunter. Who would you? Who would be? And and I didn't realize this, but you know, Malik said he was a basketball guy too, and he he. You know he he that's his first love, so and he, him and Noah Brown played a lot at uh, Ohio State, so he was giving up me as top five. Who would be your your starting five on the current with the Cal, current Cowboys roster if you had to pick? Ooh, this is this is tough because I really haven't got to see him out there on the court, but just from just from looking. Um, can you tell anything you know, from the? Can course. you tell anything from the hamper ball that guys play in the locker room? Can you tell anything from that? Uh, uh, it, it's hard though. It, I, I feel like you got some guys that can actually shoot, and you can tell by the jump shot that they can play basketball. And then you got some guys you just be like, wow. Like it never looked like they shot a basketball a day <laughs> in their life. <laughs> like it's 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 pretty tragic. <laughs> but um okay sorry you're top I, I five. feel like I feel like you can tell ah it's 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 tough so um I'm of course I'm gonna be in the top five um if I had if I had to say one Jay Lou um he would be my point guard uh that was I, on Malik I, I, that was Malik like Malik's may he made Malik's team too so there you go okay okay. Um, uh, I did hear Noah had a really good game too, um, and I could tell how just you know Noah carries himself that he's a hooper though. You, you know, um, uh, I I, I want to say Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel like he he he'll have some game. Um. Los, I, you know, I, I'm it's, noticing. It's crazy because I haven't. I'm noticing a complete absence of anyone from the offensive side of the ball here <laughs> so far. 
Oh, oh, you know, um, it, I just I just haven't really got to see. I was going to say Coop might be my other one. Him and MG, I feel like they they have some skill. I feel like they got some skill, you know. Um, CD is well. That's why it's really hard for me to, to kind of pick. But, uh, like, if I had to pick another one, I would probably go Coop. Coop is – He's a shooter. I feel like he he would be the knockdown three guy on the squad for sure. Okay, I like how how did that match up to Malik's team? I don't remember. I, I blacked out after like two questions. Yeah. <laughs> I, my memory's you know I got COVID brain. My I, I, I understand. Foggy. You, you you did you did have that, and that's an excuse you can ride is just as far as that horse will run. That's right. Absolutely. One more break. I'm uh, telling you. One more break, and we are coming back with the great. Carlos Watkins, uh, the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is brought to you in part by Papa John's Pizza. Papa John's, better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. And if you want to use what the pros use, Jack Black Skin Care. Visit jackblack.com today. And we'll be right back with Carlos Watkins on the Cowboys Hour.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour on Victory Monday. Brad Sham, Shannon Gross, our special guest, Cowboys defensive tackle Carlos Watkins, who's the man who caught that 12-foot, 800-pound Marlin hanging on the wall behind him there. <laughs> uh, me. Um, you know, you were talking before about the uh, very impressive list of schools that uh, were courting you before you signed with Clemson, and uh, it always makes me wonder when a guy is a veteran free agent, did you have a lot of choices? I always wonder why you like. Why would a guy in the situation you were in decide that Dallas was the right fit for you at this time in your life? Um, um, I had the privilege of getting recruited by Dan Quinn in high school, um, so I kind of knew uh, what kind of man he was and what he was about. So it kind of really made it easy, you know. Um, you know, once once Dallas reached out, you know, and. Uh, Plus, you know, Dallas is America's team, so you, it, it, it really made it an easy choice, though, when it came down to it. I got a question for you, Carlos. Off the heels of my Wikipedia segment, one of our producers, Chris Beam, walked in here and showed me a report on uh, – it was a website. I'm not sure the website, but it was an article. And the <laughs> article had conflicting information. It said that there's a picture on the Internet of you somewhere when you were about six or seven years old in Dallas Cowboys gear, but then it went on in the article to say that you grew up a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. So would you like to, on live radio, tell people which team you rolled with when you were younger? All right, so I'm going to tell you with the whole Dallas thing as a kid. <laughs> like My uncle is a diehard Dallas fan. Shout out to Anton, my uncle Anton, diehard Dallas fan. He bought me that for Christmas. You know, so he didn't want to take the picture and everything, but I did grow up a Philly fan, though. I grew up a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and it was me and him growing up that I was always talk drunk to. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, don't don't look at me, don't look at me differently. You know, no, I no, no, I no, no, no better than hey, uh, <laughs> for, you know, blood, blood is blood, and business is business, and nobody's mad at you. But I do wonder. How uh, how a kid in North Carolina became a Philly fan? Did they have some particular players that you liked, or why Philly? Uh yeah, I mean Nav, I like Nav a lot. Um, so he kind of he kind of grew on to me, and I, I was I, I rode the wave even after he left, you know. So um, Nav was, you know, I, I don't know why I was a big Nav Brian Westbrook fan. And uh, Brian Dawkins too, though I I love defense. And Brian Dawkins was like, uh, you don't really see that his kind on the field anymore. So um, yeah, they they grew on to me for sure. Well, you just named three great players, so nobody can really be mad at you for that. Did you hear it from anybody when uh, who knew you were a Philly fan when y'all went up there and beat them so bad there the other night? Um, no, I don't really think they ain't have too much to say, honestly. They didn't have too much to say. Um, you're, you're a, you're a really chill guy, especially for a, I feel like the defensive line is like that. They're either one extreme or the other. They're either very loud and outspoken or they're very relaxed and very chilled, like almost like offensive linemen. What, what did you, what do you always find this interesting? What do you do on the plane rides? Do you 
Do you sleep? Do you watch movies? Do you play cards? What, what What's your thing on, on road trips? I mean, I'm doing all the above, honestly. You know, I, I play cards. Um, I actually was watching movies this flight, uh, uh, this last game. I watched movies on the way there and the way back. But I, I, I get active, though. I mean, I, I'm the one walking around the plane just laughing, talking, just having fun. Um, so yeah, I, I do a bit of, uh, a little bit of everything. Now, um, Shannon just outlined some different personality types and I really, you're, this D line room is one of my favorites because of some of those personality types. So clearly, I think we've established that Basham, who we had on very early in the year, we had on this show, he is one of those, shall we say outgoing types and, and he and Randy Gregory seem to be kind of birds of a feather a little bit and uh, and then yeah. and then and certainly D law there's nothing shy and retiring about DeMarcus Lawrence not at all not at all and, and uh, yeah D law he go ahead no 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 I was just going to say is he still is he still I mean he missed so much of the season but I'm told he didn't miss any uh, meetings really I mean his personality is so big is he still the leader of the room? Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, Law, Law, uh, you know when he went down, you know we was all devastated, you know. But he stayed around. Um, but he he has this this uh, focus about you know him like he he lock he locks in and um and his energy you know like he really wants to win. Like and um, you could tell you he's another one where you could tell by his practice, his perfects his craft. But um, but yeah, he he's one of those that uh, his his energy and uh, leadership plays a big role in our D line. Now this is a question I wish I had the opportunity to ask you like on Thursday of this week, but you you uh, you watched the tape today. I'm I'm curious. About because you mentioned the focus and locked in, and from what I've been told, the switch flipped as soon as you all land. I know that's Coach McCarthy told you that. We've all seen the clip on uh, social media. When we when we land at 4 a.m. on Sunday, then that's what that's the starting line. But have you noticed that guys are already even on Monday night starting to get a particularly intense focus because this is a playoff game. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it's the same focus we, we've had all year. Uh, nothing I, – I feel like our guys have been locked in all year. Um, so I don't feel like, you know, our, our level of focus has changed any. You know, we we come in, you know, we just get prepared like every other week, you know, with the with the mindset of it's, it's do or die. And what do you anticipate from practice this week? Will it also be the same? And as a veteran, will you be one of those trying to make sure that it stays and feels the same so that young guys don't feel like uh, they need to get up out of themselves? Uh, yeah, and I, and I think uh, the coaches going to do a great job of that. You know, uh, we just – uh, do we do lock in on, uh, and uh, on the game plan or what we need to uh, handle? And I feel like that's that's what's gonna get done. I don't think it's nothing more 
we need to do, you know, as far as, you know, practice, we we just, you know, it's the mindset thing. You know, we, we know we're capable of, we lock in and do what we got to do. We, we give ourselves a great chance. Quick question before we get out of here for me, Carlos, probably the last one. Do you have a go-to meal? I know the rookies bring you food on the plane. Do you have a go-to meal that you eat on road trips? Uh, I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. You know, I, I, I like my spicy chicken sandwich with the with the fries and the Polynesian sauce. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I ain't uh, – Popeye's, you can't go wrong with that either, but I, I'm a Chick-fil-A guy, so that's – that's what I like to eat on the plane ride over. Now I got twenty seconds, but I, I got to know: is it Osa or Chauncey who has to bring you that? Both of them. But <laughs> Osa, he not—he ain't been on his job lately. Osa ain't been on his job lately. Yeah. Chauncey, yeah. he, he works hard. I, <laughs> shout out to Chauncey. All right, we're out of time. Carlos Watkins, thank you. Good luck in the playoffs. This is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!